Hi. Hi, everyone. I am Karina Gantis, your host for Behind the Pen. Um, I'm really excited to introduce my first guest, uh, Maria Elena Alonso Sierra. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. How is everybody over there? <laughs> Everyone's fine because we're actually, I'm over in Greece and you're over, whereabouts are you? In North Carolina, USA. There we go. Wow. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Remember how we ever survived without the internet? What did we used to do? Oh, yes. Yeah, everything was slow, remember? Snail mail and uh, everything else. Yeah, you know, it used people to take a long, letters. long time. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, people actually yeah. used to get a pen and paper and write letters. There was no such thing as emails. Wow. Yes. Uh -huh. Talking about writing, um, mm -hmm. let's start from the beginning with you. Um, tell, um, tell me a little bit about yourself before we talk about uh, your work. Okay, um, what exactly you mean uh, throughout my life? Yeah, or, a quick rundown of, of, of who you are growing up, what you've... Oh, okay. Well, I was born in Cuba. Uh, my mother and my father were um, part of the Cuban ballet, and they were dancers and choreographers. So um, I started dancing ballet since I was seven years old. Uh -huh. And then Castro came and we had to go on exile, so my mother left. We went to Mexico first, and then we eventually wove our way up to the border and then across to South Florida. And then I wound up in Puerto Rico where my mom had a, um, she did the choreography for a weekly um, entertainment show, you know, one of those kinds that it's just, you know, singers and dancers and everything. So we were, we were there and we had a weekly show with, that I had to prepare for. And uh, after that, I went to New York and did some dancing there as well. Uh, and then uh, went down to Florida. I was tired of being in New York City. You know, after a while, it gets to you. You either love it or hate it. I got to the point where I hated New York. So I went down to Florida, met my husband, and uh, got married, and then I wound up in France, <laughs> of all places. All places. Were you yes, still dancing then? Huh? Were you still dancing then? No, no, no. I had stopped dancing, actually. I was trying to get my degree in journalism at that time. Uh, so... Um, we ended up in France, and in France, I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. So that's when I, I started actually uh, putting my my teenage dream to fruition, which was actually writing. And uh, I said it. I said it there in the French Riviera. And then after that, we moved back to Florida, and then we went back up to New York, and then we came back to Florida, and then now I'm in North Carolina. And are you settled now in North Carolina? Are you staying? Well, you know, uh, since my life has been almost like in a gypsy mode, I don't particularly say anymore that I am settled. Yeah. Because every time I say that I am settled, uh, we have to get up and pack up again and move somewhere else. So um, right now I'm living here. <laughs> okay. Is, is it also true that you sing? Yes, I do. I sing. Uh, um, 
I used to sing in the choir uh, in, um, well, it was called the Glee Club in my high school. <laughs> yeah, back then it was called the Glee Club. And, uh, and since then I've been singing. I used to sing, as a matter of fact, I sang, not everybody knows this, but I actually sang the jingle of a uh, Cottonelle commercial uh, that uh, aired in the 19, when was it? 1973, I think it was, 74. <laughs> my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 1973, 74, they, they asked my mom if I could do a commercial. So I did a commercial. I, I, I actually acted on the commercial and I actually sang the jingle to the commercial. Of well, Island. there you go. But see, that's not just your five minutes of fame. I mean, you've done so much and, and um, have so much, achieved so much since then. Um, let's talk about, um, you said that you were in the French uh, Riviera when you first started uh, taking your writing seriously and maybe start to work on your first novel, which was? The Coin. The Coin. Can you tell yes. us about that? Well, um, it, when I was in high school, we had a wonderful English teacher and I've always liked reading and I've always liked creating worlds in my mind. That's what basically helped myself uh, and my sister also as well to cope with exile and everything that happened in exile. It was our means of escape. And also since the very beginning, as far as I, back as I can remember, that's probably about four or five years old, um, we were surrounded by books in my house. My mother and father, because of their work and also because of their education, uh, we're into all kinds of uh, books, mythology, Greek mythology, um, Spanish mythology, Spanish novels, uh, English novels, everything. And um, we were always surrounded by books and by illustration, you know, books with illustrations because they, they took that as their inspiration for certain ballets that they actually created. Beautiful. So um, what I did is basically in, in the age of 13, my English teacher showed us, and they do this now, as a matter of fact, in creative writing courses. But what she actually did is that, believe it or not, she showed us a picture of Big Ben in the fog and said to us, why don't you write a little short story based on what you see? And boy, I loved it. And since then, I've been wanting to actually become a, a writer. But as you know, life takes over and sometimes, and you know, it is a very competitive industry. <laughs> before, before, even before, you know, uh, to get into the industry, to get into this industry was very, very, very difficult. Uh, so, um, you know, and you had to live, you had to eat, you had to pay rent. So basically I put that off. I always kept uh, writing, you know, stupid little things. And then because of uh, the university work I, and journalism that I wanted to go into journalism, 
um, I had to start writing uh, as well. And they do a lot of also creative, um, creative writing for journalism to, uh, to tighten your work, to make sure that you're using the proper, you know, uh, adverbs, adjectives, uh, nouns, so that you make your yeah. sentence strong and, and fluid. Um, but I found myself in France, in the French Riviera, not knowing a single word of French. I had to learn it the hard way. With two kids, they were two and one, and they had their birthdays, two and three there, when it, we first got there. So I basically, the French government did not allow me to work because I was under their, their auspices because my husband was the one who was working and they don't allow anybody else to work um, mm. unless you have a permit and you have all kinds of stuff. Anyways, that's a long story. Uh, we wound up, uh, my husband was uh, posted, well, posted, he was based in um, a place called Sofia Antipolis, which is very close to Nice. And we found a very beautiful little uh, home, which was back to back with the owners of the house. They had split the house in half and they rented one half and they lived in the other. And it was an actual working farm, very close to a place called Grasse. Now Grasse is the perfume capital of the world in the sense that they grow all the flowers for the perfume industry in the area. Wow. So I was surrounded by mimosas and by four petal jasmines and roses and, and, they, and we actually lived on a working farm. They grew artichokes and they grew olives and um, all kinds of stuff, even cherries. I even climbed their cherry tree to get cherries out of their, uh, out of their experience tree. to have lived there. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I also was surrounded with things that were just historical. A um, couple of uh, kilometers away, there was a town called Biot and they had a 12th century uh, orange, gr I mean orange, um, olive grinding mill. Oh, where yeah. actually, yeah, my, my neighbors took their olives there and yeah. we celebrate. Yeah, and they We've pressed them. Really Isn't it wonderful? And they pressed them. <laughs> yes, and they pressed them. And we had a party that night after the pressing. And we had our baguettes, olive oil, and wine. Oh, my God. That was the best ever. <laughs> that sounds so Greek. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And uh, she would have an actual oven that she actually had built. So uh, sometimes she allowed me to uh, cook there. And oh, I'm telling you the stuff that and the pizzas and all that stuff that came out of that was just wonderful. We had a great relationship. So um, in one of those days, I took my children out on the wonderful many, 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 um, they, have, they have what they call um, hiking paths all over uh, the Alps. And we were in the maritime pre-Alps. I mean, my farmland, if you looked to the north, you can actually see very close by wow. the pre-Alp. Um, and they have a ton of hiking trails around. So um, I took one, uh, one day I took my two kids and a, and a soccer ball and we went to, um, to walk through 
you know, the mountains and we, we ended up in a clearing and I sat down on the ground and they kept on playing and playing. And after a while I said, okay, come on, let's go. And basically I, when I got up, I found out that on the ground where I was sitting, there were about 10 or 15 coins. Somebody either had sat there and didn't realize when they got up that the coins had fallen out of their pocket or somebody, I don't know what happened. The thing is that the coins were there. Wow. And that's when I, all of a sudden it, it just clicked and I said, so it just happened. what would happen if a woman like me, you know, with a family finds a coin in the middle of the mountain and because we were so, so surrounded by, uh, the, by history, um, the area where I was, was very affected by the world war, the second world war. And there were still bunkers that you could see. If you go through the mountains, you can still see the bunkers where the German, there was one bridge where they had, uh, the resistance had blew, you know, blown it up. In Nice itself, there's a placard that you can see where uh, four resistant um, members were dismembered uh, with tanks uh, to show the people that they shouldn't uh, resist mm -hmm. the Nazis. So that got me to thinking what, you know, would happen if a woman found this coin and this coin was some sort of message for a psychopath who wants to keep the coin safe. A lot of things politically were happening also as well, you know, with uh, hijackings of, of airliners yeah. and um, people desecrating cemeteries and, you know, the political atmosphere was a little tense. So I said, why don't I do that? And and then I sat down and I said, okay, are we going to get serious about this? And I said, you know what? I have the time. I am living in the place where I won't need too much research because I can just go and live it. And, and that's what that's I did. Inspiration. And that's, that's how it all began with actually yeah. finding the coin. And you, you've still got that coin today. I still have that coin. Yes. It was a very pretty commemorative 10 franc coin that uh, had, um, that had, um, that had Hermes with, uh, with wings yes. and it was a commemorative coin. It was modern, but then I thought, what about if I put something that's older? So I went to the library in grass and Did found out. Did you research and decide yeah, and what I researched. kind of coin to use? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what I did. So from, from the initial of finding the coin to the idea of the book, how long did it take until you actually had it in your hands, your first ever novel? It took me a year um, to actually write it because obviously interruptions, kids, vacations and stuff like that. That's about right. Yeah. For mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I found a very nice woman in England who actually edited my first, um, my first draft, as I call it. And um, she liked it. She said it was very, not, it, it was very good. Uh, she fixed a few things. It, it was not, it is not what it is now. No. I changed a few, quite a few things yeah. uh, because as you, as you progress in your writing, you learn more. Yeah. So um, that was the first step. And then um, we moved back to Miami. And 
that's when I said, I'm going to get my degree in, um, in English. I wanted to get into the uh, MFA program for creative writing. Uh, I didn't get in, um, but that doesn't matter. Uh, I took creative writing, uh, writing courses. I got my master's in English literature, uh, 12th century French of all things. <laughs> you did this all yourself? Yes, yes. And um, that's when, with the creative writing classes, uh, that helped me also as well to look at it more in a, um, a more marketable, global marketable uh, novel. Um, I changed a few things. The prologue that I had before was actually the, the event that caused, that really was the, the catalyst yeah. that created everything. But then I, thought, I said, it's giving you know, too this, much is, way. this is very weak. It's very beautiful, but it's very weak. Mm. So I decided then to write the prologue uh, from the murderer's point of view. Mm. and that's and and little by little uh i started adding things taking things off and i sent it to my first agent back then and it was 1993 uh i sent it to my first agent and i got represented oh lovely yes but at that time if they could not if Find they could not place yeah. your novel in an editorial house in six months you only had that to was it. Months, uh, you have to look for another agent. So I started looking for another agent after that. So I wound up with three agencies that represented. Wow. And then again, life took over and I had to, we had to move to New York. In New York, I really didn't do much except start writing the second novel. Um, and then I, we came back to Miami and then uh, we had to go back up <laughs> to North Carolina. And that's when in North Carolina, that's when I decided, okay, I had three agents who represented me. So the novel has to be good because that's the first obstacle. Exactly. If you can get your foot in the door, then exactly. that gives you the confidence that there's something, you've done something correct. You've done something right. And if it's good enough to, to get yourself an agent, it's good enough to be published. Exactly. So, and, and by then the, um, the, the industry had changed so, so much that I said, you know, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to indie publish. And that's exactly what I did. I indie published. And but did you, did I haven't you looked back to any other authors. I mean, who gave you advice about publishing, self-publishing? Uh, what made you decide to go that route? Basically, because uh, first of all, I didn't want to give away the rights to my novel mm -hmm. um, for so long a period of time. Mm -hmm. I started researching through books, you know, uh, Writer's Digest and all that. Um, the, uh, the royalties that you have to pay your agency had gone up from when I got my first agent. Mm -hmm. The... Um, the third thing that I found out was that also some editorial houses now basically don't do the work for you. You have to create the work yourself. for yourself. So why to give them a cut out of your profit? Exactly. When you're doing and, it anyway. Right. And then for, for the fourth 
point was that they were holding the rights of the property for longer for a longer time. Mm. So if I if I had decided to go with somebody, I would still be waiting to get back the rights. So Maria Elena, when was your book The Coin first published? My coin was uh first published in 2013 in April. 2013. And yes, that's uh, almost to the day i mean i finished it in 1993 so i so i published it in 2013 and um and, the, and i haven't looked back since book of hours when was that published the book of hours was finished by 2014 but i had my mom was sick uh with dementia and she finally died and um I actually launched it on February 2015, which was my birthday. So it was, so it was ready, it was ready in uh, 14, but you didn't uh, publish it until the 15th. Yes, because I, I also had to uh, send it over to my developmental editor and also to the proofreader because I have both. Yes. Um, it, with a coin, I had the proofreader and the developmental editor. What I didn't have at the time was my, uh, my graphic designer. And I had published the book first, and this is what it, my cover looked like. Uh, this is my actual first cover. I, I think we've all gone wrong with first covers. I, mean, <laughs> I know. And then uh, a, a very nice writer from, um, from uh, Kiss of Death uh, chapter that I belong to, she said, you know, I have a graphic designer that is wonderful, works very well, and it's, it's you know, decent. Not to say cheap, but, you know, it's, 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 he charges decent rates. So I went with him. I told him that I had this novel and that it was a coin. And I just gave him the basic ideas. And then he came up with this, which is my which is the my actual cover. Original, well, original. The my original, original cover. Yeah. And since then, I've and used him for everything. Designer, you do the Book of Hours as well, because that's such a beautiful cover. Yes, he did the Book of Hours as well. Excellent. And uh, he's done all my, actually, he's done all my, my, my book covers. He did the uh, fish tank as well. And now he has done also the, um, the detective story, which I think it's one of his, um, one of his best for me. Oh, wonderful. That well, cover. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. I have to just ask you, there's something behind your shoulder. And uh, mm -hmm. it's like uh, some sort of medal. Would you like to bring that out and, and then tell us about that one? Uh, yeah, actually, this is my, uh, as you can tell, don't I like books? Yes. <laughs> my, my, husband, my husband tells me that, um, yeah, uh, sometimes he said, you know, the books are going to throw us out of the house. But no, this is uh, the coin that won the bronze medal. Wow. I don't know if you can see it. And yeah. where's it from? What, uh, comp this comp is from Reader's Favorite. And uh, this is my other one. You got another this actually, one. This is the 
the fish tank. This is the short okay. story collection. Okay. And it has, actually has two silver medals. It has this one, which is the reader's favorite, and it has the feathered quill uh, also as well. So wow. I keep, yeah. well, I keep them here with my important books. Yeah, yeah. I can, uh, I can imagine they're right next to you. Well done. Well, you know, I have Shakespeare. I have the Iliad. I have Jane Austen. I have Oh, oh, these are all my books. <laughs> I have, I, I mean, I, I was the same as you. I was such a hoarder that I ended up having to uh, keep uh, just one bookcase of books and get rid of everything else. So, well, I've had to do, I've had to, uh, I've donated quite a few books. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but the important ones, the ones that I use for my, um, for my teaching because I also ended up teaching uh, at the university level and uh, then I went back and taught at the middle school level which is grade six to eight um, so I, I keep all my all, all my important books from I mean literature books from my teaching and and uh, from my master's degree which was uh, 12th century French romances and the intersection between law and the French romances. Right. Has that <laughs> ever occurred in, I mean, have you used that at all in any of your novels? Well, I may, I may, but uh, yes. since I was, <laughs> well, actually what I did is for the Book of Hours, the Book of Hours is a medieval manuscript. And oh, my character, my character actually recreated the, um, one of the medieval, uh, manuscripts that I talk about, which is the Book of Hours, and um, she actually um, she actually recreated the manuscript for a children's charity auction, and then there is a very nasty um, person who wants her to sell it to him exclusively. He doesn't want anybody to own it because it's such a beautiful piece of work, and basically what um, she says is no. Even if he's offering more money than she'd get. Yeah, money. no, because she said I made it. I made it for, I made it for the uh, children's charity auction. If you want, I can do. You know, I can recreate something else. But he doesn't want it. He wants exclusivity. He's that kind of pathological uh, person. Uh -huh. So uh, he's trying to coerce or to sell, and that's when all hell breaks loose in her life once more. Wow. And it's based also on <laughs> my books. <laughs> these, these are my prized possessions. This is based on a book of hours. It's called the Visconti Hours. And it is a beautiful, I don't know if you can see it, oh, but it's a yeah. beautiful illustrated manuscript uh, of... Um, of the uh, prayers, of the prayers that people used to say during uh, during the day. I'll put some and of those illustrations up on the video when we when we get it up on YouTube, so people can actually uh -huh. see them close up. And I based it on that, and then eventually maybe I have an idea of uh, maybe recreating a historical based on 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 all my research. Wow. Because let me tell you something else. I actually got permission from the library in France, La Bibliothèque Nationale de France, 
Um, well, that, look, you're French. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. They actually gave me permission to uh, actually see the 12th century manuscript of Chrétien de Troyes, which was the uh, gentleman that I was, one of the people that I was researching for my, uh, for my master's wow. degree. And I, I actually held in my hand a 12th century manuscript. It How was, exciting. it was really, it was, it was an incredible experience. I, I can imagine, I can imagine. So, yeah. so uh, Maria Elena, um, we have three books down. What are you working on next? What's next for you? I am working with a detective novel. As a matter of fact, a uh, prequel short story is in my short story collection. It's called Mirror, Mirror. And it introduces the, uh, my detective, Nick Larson. And I set it in New York, which I, where I've lived, uh, which is another pattern with me. I've lived through all these places. And um, he finds, he, he, starts, um, he, he starts really, you know, working normally. Um, he, the beginning of the novel starts with an actual crime scene. Mm -hmm. And in that crime scene, something just does not fit mm. the crime scene. It's supposed to be a suicide, but it doesn't really feel like a suicide. So he's trying to investigate that and it goes, it doesn't go cold, but other crimes and other uh, suicides take precedence. And then I am right now, I'm in chapter 16, where he is at another crime scene. And Are they he, all going to be sort of linking up together and maybe we've got a serial killer on the Yes, list? and that's exactly, and that is exactly what they are discussing. Right now they are discussing, you know, doesn't this look a little familiar to you? And right. that's when things are going to start Exciting. meshing together and then other, other things are going to start coming in where they realize that what they do have is a serial killer. What's going to be different to this book to the other uh, thrillers that you've written? What's what's because this is actually more more of a who who done it. It's more detective based. It's not a police procedural per se mm -hmm. because for that I really would have to do a ton of research. Yes. Even though I've done a lot of research here, I want to do more of <coughs> excuse me i i really want to create more the the character and more his his life and how he goes about solving a mystery mm -hmm. rather than even though i do have to bring in uh information pathology you know pathology mm -hmm. uh information uh you know every book i mean every book if you if you really want to to stand out you need to do your research you need to to know what you're talking about it sounds to me like this is, might be the first of many from this uh, detective Are you it might be i have two i have two uh, already in my mind i don't know if i'm going to create more uh because i want to see if i can i i have about three or four more that i have that were in my mind before this one came up and i want to i want to write those yeah. I, I really do so i don't know let's see 
That's really good stuff, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on uh, Behind the Pen and chatting with us about uh, your life and how you got started and, and your journey into uh, being a published self-published author congratulations and an award-winning author let's just put that back out there i'll yeah. uh, at the end of the video i'll have all your links and everywhere for people to go to find you and to get your amazing books yes thank you so much for being a guest and i oh, will and thank you in the future thank you very much karina thank you for everything thank you take